0: Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come To Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Come To Where I'm From. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Am I overdressed? I don't mean like... I'm underdressed a, from a truck driver. In a nice way. I, I normally wear t-shirts.
1: Well, I just came off of a trucker shift.
0: Really? Well, okay. Rhode right. Island to here. <laughs> so that's where you live, Rhode Island, right? Yeah.
1: Raised in Virginia. Oh, cool. And then um, moved to Rhode Island in 2000. Yeah. So what was
0: growing up in Virginia like?
1: Virginia. Hmm. Well, Annandale, Virginia. Started in Alexandria. Born in Alexandria. Moved over to Annandale, which is a couple of towns over. Mm-hmm. But now there's like the difference between when I grew up in Annandale and... Uh, what it's like now now there's like 110 languages spoken in annandale why is that it's just you're so close to dc you got like uh. every nationality on the planet is there you think you know i thought even coming to new york i'm like oh there's everyone on planet earth is here but like you go to right outside of dc it's like you get it all and honestly i didn't even is I that gr-
0: people like working in dc and the community yeah and i that think kind i of? think
1: so and i and and I recently went to an 8th grade reunion which is kind of ridiculous that's but I, so weird <laughs> I went through to a school from K through 8 uh-huh. so we all really we were tight we were a tight group of people uh-huh. I'm still really close to these people thanks to the you know Facebook and stuff like that right. you get you know reunited with these people but um and it's you know it's people before music mm-hmm. right so they're like your friends for for all the right reasons you know uh-huh. and um but when I went to the reunion I looked around the room I'm like Wow we are like me and my seven like white buddies are the minority in this room and I never thought that growing up right Did't even it never occurred to me right. I didn't look around my school and go, wow, have, these guys are from, from South America. These girls are from Ethiopia. I never knew that. It just That's interesting. It, it, it was cool to, to go back and be like, oh man, this is cool because now living in Rhode Island. What's that like? You, you got Irish, you got some Portuguese people. And then some Italian. That's it, uh-huh. pretty much. And it's it's a beautiful place. It's not the most diverse place in the world, right? But um, you know, having that growing up in, in Virginia, which Northern Virginia is so drastically different from Cause where, where I started. Where I started BC. the where I started the band down in Richmond, Virginia, uh-huh. ninety miles Thank south. You. you know, Richmond's uh, you know the capital of the Confederacy. Oh, is it back in the day? And uh, I went to school in Southern Virginia. And then set up shop in, in Richmond because it was sort of at the time, the, the it was about an hour from my college and I was playing solo acoustic bar gigs and I had a little thing going there. I was like, well, I'll just move to Richmond because Northern Virginia, there's a bajillion people that live there. Right. And you're contending with Washington, D.C., you know, the Northern Virginia bar scene, which just seems to never end. Uh-huh. You couldn't seem to, like, start a, a – th- Richmond – was I'd, easier Richmond just felt easier it felt more small town I know it's it's blown up over the years but um yeah that
0: one's more famous so I would think that would be hard or Richmond or at least that I've heard of that more it's the capital I mean it's yeah.
1: it's you know um I I can remember when back in you know following local bands back in the day and I'd get their postcard in, in the mail when you're mm-hmm. like my favorite bands are on tour and they'd write like these places and one would be Richmond the flood zone and I'd for for whatever reason, because my family's from New Jersey and Philadelphia, we didn't we never really ventured south to go on any kind of vacations or whatnot. So Richmond was kind of foreign to me until I went to college, but. I would see these bands that I worshipped in high school, Yeah. and they were playing this place, the Flood Zone in Richmond. Oh. It was like, dude. <laughs> oh, the flood, flood
0: Zone's the name of the venue. The Flood
1: Zones, <laughs> yeah. Flood Zones in Richmond. Yeah. I thought they
0: were calling Richmond a flood zone. I was no, like, I was no. It flooded a lot in <laughs> Richmond.
1: <laughs> well, it was. It was in the flood zone. Yeah, and now now it's uh, all built up. Like they modeled it after, I think, San Antonio, uh, the Riverwalk or whatever. But there was a, a famous bar there. The bar, it holds like... It's like Irving Plaza. Oh, really? Uh, of uh, Richmond. So, so it's big. It's a big place. But, when, you know, back in the day, you just get this postcard and, you know, bands would write with their own, like, you know, Sharpies back in the day, the Flood Zone. And these venues around Virginia and D.C. and Maryland mm-hmm. and, like, Hammerjacks and Baltimore. And it was always the wetlands in New York City.
0: Right. I remember the wetlands. And we
1: got to play Wetlands. And then we ended up having a house gig at the Flood Zone. And it was... It felt like... What
0: do you mean, a house gig at a Irving, Irving Plaza-sized venue?
1: Yeah, we played every Wednesday night at the flat. Oh, Center. you
0: were like, oh, Cassie, okay, yeah. Like- Dave
1: Matthews had the, the Wednesday night gig.
0: Oh, because he's from there, too. He's
1: from uh, Virginia, Charlottesville. Uh-huh. And he played um, Tuesdays in Charlottesville and Wednesdays in Richmond. And I was playing across the street and was fully in the dark, unaware of what they as the dave matthews band were doing Mm -hmm. i didn't know they wrote their own songs i didn't know anything about their music i just knew that they had this following that came every wednesday night to this Mm -hmm. big bar and uh, i was just in the business of playing being the dude in the corner playing covers and stuff like that
0: so you started with covers
1: yeah i mean you know in high school you kind of i'm sort of i never did i'm envious of these young kids that were like that now everyone seems to be writing songs. Like younger kids are writing. Yeah. My own kid's five years old. He's writing his own damn songs. Yeah. But it 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 didn't occur to me that that was something that you could do in 1989. You'd be right. like, well, um, we would go see bar, you know bands in Georgetown, and they were playing covers. They were really good at it. And they then they when they started putting out their own music, we're like, oh, you can do that. Well, we should do that instead. What, why are we playing Brown Night Girl five nights a week? This is freaking, <laughs> I want to kill myself. <laughs> so, you know, it's been nice to, uh, I was just talking to my bandmate, Patrick, about, I'm not talking in third S- person, Patrick, right Ma- here. Patrick Macklin. You should give him a microphone, he's on, too. He's on that camera. You're on this camera, Patrick oh, okay. When,
2: when he has something to say, <laughs> I'll
0: give him a mic. Why don't you sit next to Ehud and you guys can share the yeah, mic? Yeah. yeah. Come closer, Patrick. Well.
1: I have some friends who sometimes are like, hey, do you wanna come play this cover, this gig? We just goof off at this bar and play covers. And it, it feels like a snobby answer to be like, I'm just in a place in uh, as a musician creatively where all I really wanna do is play original new music. If right. that, if those dudes told me they were gonna play a bunch of songs that they wrote last week, mm-hmm. I would be so stoked to go play with them. right? Because I wanna create something in the moment You know I'm way Then trying to I was never a guy Who learned how to play I had cover gigs But I never once Learned how to play the songs I did my own version of it You know This is before people Could look up How to play a cover On the internet
0: I I never played covers Really I started writing songs Because I wasn't that good With the ear Like so I would try to figure it out I would just end up Writing my own song Like It became easier Just to like Oh let's mess with These two chords And then Yeah I would just start writing
1: That's great I guess so. When did you get a guitar? How old were you?
2: um,
0: I I got a bass when I was like, I don't know, fourteen or something like that. Okay. I started on bass. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Joe, when you played um, (laughs) the bars in Cleveland as a professional, was that cover songs or was those? Yeah, I guess
0: so. Yeah, I I was in a blues band, so. In Cleveland. In Cleveland. We just got back uh, from Cleveland. Where did you play?
1: Played the Music Box.
0: Uh huh. How was it? It was cool. That, yeah. that
1: room sounds great. Yeah, we've had so many good shows there. We I have a, a friend who's doing a documentary on the Agora. Uh huh. We used to play the Agora. Um, we've House of Blues when they moved into town. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the Odia Odium down in that um, the Flats area. Yeah. We spent a lot of time Cleveland. It, it was Nautica. weird.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when
1: the when the band got. We, when we did all our touring and then we got signed and then we put out a record, mm-hmm. all the markets that we were doing good business in, they didn't play a single second of the record. How Philadelphia, New York, Boston. Just
0: built it live.
1: Yeah, we were selling out two nights at Irving, nobody in New York would play a song. Really? Philly, Boston, all these places. How do you and, explain that? And then the pl- towns we'd never been to, mm-hmm. I think they thought we were like some new thing.
2: Is that because of the college kids? Why? Why were, we're, why were we
0: pull, stuff? Why, are, why were you pulling in such big audiences?
1: Well, yeah, we started as a college. Was touring it kind of like
0: maybe like sort of similar trajectory to the, what Dave Matthews was tapping into. For sure, think? for yeah. sure,
1: he was um, definitely a college phenomenon. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I remember getting our first college gig out of uh, Virginia and driving to to um, Princeton to play at an eating club, which mm-hmm. we, I didn't even know what that was. I'm like, what is an eating club? It's, like, it's a
0: club th- where people eat. Yeah, well, <laughs> if that's what you'd think.
1: I would have paid top dollar to have that any day of my college career. It's ridiculous. Eating club? They had a, they I'm
0: had... a member of an eating club of one in my kitchen. <laughs> I'm the only member. <laughs> I,
3: I want to come play there.
1: You want
0: Can yeah. I play Thursday nights? I, I don't think I can afford you, bro. I think you totally
1: can. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. The rate has dropped significantly <laughs> I, since I, those ain't days. you a bitch. Yeah, and we're not gonna we're not gonna close with me and Julio like we did back then.
0: Well, then it's off because that's <laughs> my favorite song. Then <laughs> <Been> no deal.
1: <laughs> well, it was uh, it was eye opening to see you know we, we I, as a band we made the decision no more uh, fraternity parties backyard whatever it uh-huh. was around Pennsylvania and New Jersey and 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 we said let's just play um, New York and it was. Uh, you know the clubs it was a quick they just came I couldn't believe it yeah like why well, you people you'll come into New York City alright cool we'll do this in Chicago we'll try it in Boston that's incredible so but, was the
0: first time you did that pretty like scary like oh no what if the, like, yeah
1: because it's hard to turn down that money because the college money was so it kept yeah. us alive yeah and um, to say no to a fraternity like dude, we'll pay you like Ten five. 10 grand. Yeah, some stupid, <laughs> stupid figure. <laughs> yeah. Like, and all the free beer. Like, they always you right. know, had to throw that in there. Yeah. And, but, you know, it made sense at the time. And it's still, it's still, to this day, we'll play City Winery or we'll play, um, you know, if we're doing, you know, Bowery or Irving. And it's like, those people still, it's, we, we are fans who are now prominently turning 40, mm-hmm. 45, in that window, mm-hmm. there now, there if they had kids, their kids are like manageable. They can get a sitter. There was five years where it was like the dark ages of the Pat McGee band, where every one of our fans that seemed like had a baby that they couldn't ever leave sight of, and mm-hmm. our shows were like people can't get unless we bring a sitter per person. <laughs> this no one's coming to these gigs, man. <laughs> the
2: daycare at the concert. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's a startup. Oh yeah. my
1: god. Yeah, the liability i can't take that but you know i I, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel because we've stayed the course you know yeah people are like oh shit, let's go act like we're back in college let's go see that let's go see that band again
0: yeah you hang out you hang on long enough and it kind of comes back around
1: yeah it's weird to be that that band because you know i don't know it's cool though it's it's uh we just had a kickstarter thing and that was really eye-opening because people a lot of people wrote these notes a lot of couples met at our concerts. They're, they have families because they met at our shows or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That's cool to hear. And, and they started their whole family-based. Like, oh, I got one of your songs framed in my in my man cave in the basement. And like, really? All right. Yeah. You know. And but, you
0: still, because you went solo for a long time too, right? Like five albums of solo stuff? Well,
1: or? technically solo. Uh, you know, so the band got together in ninety six technically I had a record prior to that and then in 2006 our drummer passed away right and when that happened um he was 38 it was I, a heart w- thing or? it was a heart yeah a heart thing he his father died at 39
0: what, like a heart attack or? he
1: had yeah he had a, like a condition and he had seen the doctor two weeks prior to that and got a good checkup and and one thing led to another and I get a call we're out with um we were doing like an acoustic. Me and Chardy are the percussionists. We were out in uh, Tucson with like the Gin Blossoms or something. Mm-hmm. I get this call. And his name was John Williams, which is also the name of our piano player, Jonathan Williams. Mm-hmm. But we called him Chris because John Christopher Williams. Anyway, got this call. This is uh, John, you know, Williamsburg police. We can't find who his parents are, but we know he's the drummer in the Pat McGee band. And they tracked me down through my father this is pre like you know finding people on the internet Mm -hmm. and um yeah so it was um it it stopped the band and the tracks for sure and made us go well what how are we going to keep this going um and i was you know a solo artist before the band but if it if it didn't say band on it half the time they screwed that up anyways like even when in the heyday of the band it would we pull up to Irving Plaza and it would say Pat McGee and the band would give me a hard time. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, I guess we're off to that, dude. Mm-hmm. So um, it ended up, you know, the solo thing, I never really went solo. It was more of like, well, it's not the band unless Chris is there. And we've recently regrouped and made this new record. And, you know.
0: And how so Kickstarter's still going on, I guess, because it was like really successful. Your kick He was telling me it was like, Yeah, really it, it, it was...
1: It, it did go over the top. It was crazy. but um, Congrats. Thank you. That, mm-hmm. It's Those things are hard to wrap your head around. I don't know if you've ever done anything I like that. I did a pledge one, and yeah. it was good. Yeah, yeah, it
0: worked out. But, yeah, that was nervy, too, because it's like, what if nobody does contributes to it's you know?
1: Yeah, it's, and you have to – I don't know why. I think – I mean, today as I'm packing our vehicle to leave for this – we're shooting a video on Monday for a new song on this record, and I'm loading up my van – With every last piece of nostalgia of my band because it's like a throwback video. So I'm going through my attic literally and finding all kinds of crap. It's taken me a lot of time. What'd you find? Just dude, just all kinds of random stuff that the band accumulated in totes photos and old clothing and old like road cases that I wouldn't be caught dead carrying around because they're just heavier than God. But they have a Pat McGee band stencil. So they're coming to the video shoot. I mean, they look like. I'm bringing all this old crap, all my old guitars that I don't really use anymore. They're coming to the shoot. So, but I'm loading out. I'm How did
0: you like cart all that stuff? Is it like, did you get a trailer or something like that? No, I just
1: uh, remove all of the seats from my family van. Oh, okay. And and destroy, further destroy the inside of this vehicle. So the trade in value will be $100. And it's fine, but.
2: That's why. didn't do this in the city because we were worried that the stuff in the van would get stolen oh i probably have so we came out to i have a college
1: tuition worth of vintage instruments now crammed in my hotel room but there's other stuff in there that i hope that i hope that the parking garage here is
0: what's that song called
1: what's that song called
0: the one you're making a video for
1: oh it's called broken heart
0: broken heart yeah yeah why is it going to be a nostalgia video well
1: that that song was the first song that we worked on for the new record Uh and it when i when i started writing for this record it it wasn't i didn't set out to be like oh let's do a reunion record go let's write those songs the music kind of just kind of it came out and i'm like well there's only one band that sounds like this music. This is the original sound. This sounds like something I would have written in 97. Mm-hmm. So let's get the band. It sounds like a Blues Brothers thing. I'm just like, let's get the let's band, get the back, band together. back together. So and it really was a, an easy thing because, you know.
2: Was it like a heist movie where you had to go convince each member separately? Yeah. Like a junior candy ass monkey yeah. suits.
1: But it was, I don't know. I mean, once they heard the music, I think. Everyone's schedule is kind of crazy. You know, they live all over the place now. Yeah. And they all have, some of them have real jobs, quote unquote, but some of them have other, you know, music gigs that uh, take a lot of their time. And um, so it was cool to, honestly, we did it under the radar. We did it, you know, not a thing that we normally would do, but we booked a studio session on New Year's Day. Uh-huh. We, th- we hosted New Year's Eve, th- like, throwdown and we did it in Richmond this year, and it's always like you need three days to recover. But I'm like, know oh, we're going into the studio the next day. Right. Let's go in, having never rehearsed. Whatever we put down on tape, the first reaction to this song will be because we were not a band that ever rehearsed. Right. We were a band for technically, you know, ten years strong of just never stopping Torn. off the road. Yeah i think we rehearsed like for our one warner brothers session record but we never were like let's go practice because yeah i was a solo guy that had 25 gigs a month yeah. so i just handed the calendar to the band and wrote the word band at the end of my name uh-huh. uh to the, all the clubs and said we're just going to go out there so we weren't a, a, re, you had a to rehearsing learn the
0: songs anyway right
1: yeah but we liked. i i come from like more of a Allman Brothers, Grateful Dead background. Mm-hmm. So I love that we learn them playing in front of, in people. Front of people. I didn't care. Yeah. Totally, and the musicians are so good that yeah. John on bass is like, he's always like exploring as it is. So it's like that, great in our percussionist. That goes
2: with the uh, Miles Davis Miles chord. Davis,
0: yeah. I never perform. I just rehearse in front of people. That's it's, what Miles Davis said.
1: Uh, oh, I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I sometimes I wish I did rehearse a little bit more. But, you know... Honestly, I like the unknown. I like going to a show, and it not being a staged thing. Yeah. I get that there's people that do that, and they have to do it, and it works for them. But I like the, uh, I like the, um, and it, it goes along with being a, uh, being a musician for a career. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Someone may call you. You might get an email. Yeah, it's gonna be like, dude, this is the coolest shit ever. Now we get to go do this, and I feel that way about the set of music all right, we might have, like, we play for two hours. There might be 30 minutes. It's kind of like, ah, we're trying to find something, and we didn't get there. Mm-hmm. And But that that other, you know...
0: Hour and a half.
1: Yeah, that time, we really took off, and and did stuff that we've never done and we there's some songs we've been playing for 25 years
0: right like when you don't put the parameters on it's like sort of more risky but then there's no parameters or something like that
1: yeah i I dig that and um i know the band is they they've they're willing to just follow me into the unknown even though i'm the most uneducated of all the musicians Mm -hmm. it's one thing if you go see bruce hornsby and hornsby is the freaking beethoven up there Mm -hmm. and his band are all badasses because they got to hang with him and he's doing his thing, and he gets up and takes it into a different time signature, different key, and then leaves stage and lets them do their thing. Comes back in. I don't have that skill set. I didn't get a, I didn't. I've taken two guitar lessons in my life. Yeah. Um, I, I rarely know what key the song is in. Yeah. I definitely don't know any theory of any kind. So the guys in the band just look at each other and yell numbers, um, and shake their head in disbelief at why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I like that. I like that I'm sort of taking people on a little bit of a ride, even if it's the band, as well. Yeah, as the crowd.
0: If you do have to have, have faith to be an artist, you know. Like what you were saying, you never know what's going to happen. Like you can get a yeah. call or an email the next day, and things can change.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was that Steve Martin movie where he was? Uh, it was like a, a spoof of a movie about being a director, and you always loved the scene. He's like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a director. FedEx is gonna deliver me some like script, and when that truck comes down, it's so exciting because I don't know what is in it. It's I forget what, well, it was a pretty. Uh, it was like a almost like a Spinal Tap version of actor movie. I forget it came out in like in late nineties, but anyway, it was. Uh, I think uh, Eddie Murphy was in it too. I forget the name.
0: Bowfinger. Of
1: it. Yeah, I think Bowfinger, right?
0: Yeah, I don't remember. Bowfinger. I, I think that I remember they were in a movie together. I yeah, think was yeah, what yeah.
1: It was called. And it was a it was about being like wanna be actors and and they get a script and they try to make the best of it and like that unknown is cool. Yeah. And there certainly there are days because it is stressful as hell. I'm a father of four kids and right. gotta provide, but I don't you know, there are the days where I'm like, man, I wish I worked at like I don't know. Like, like the scene on spinal tap. I'll sell women's shoes.
0: You do real estate too, don't you? No. No? No. That was a joke. Oh, shit, now yeah, he a, put it in there the there notes was, there was, uh, that there you was do re- real estate yeah. with real estate <laughs> with your wife. That's, <laughs> no. that's the Honest note God, a who gave me
1: the, the closest I ever got to that is I, we, we used to watch HGTV. Well, that's a <laughs> yeah, <I guess> so.
0: <laughs> but you do is the part about you having a church band a joke too or is that true?
1: I definitely don't have a church band. Dude. Where are, fuck, where are you getting this information? Where are you getting this information? I was like,
0: "Oh, we could talk about church."
1: <laughs> what? Oh, well, there well, our our, our uh, member, okay, well, one of the guys you? in the band <laughs> who left the band in 2000, who <laughs> ended up starting this church band thing. Uh, but okay. I it's not a, it's, it's not, not me. You. No, it's not me.
0: So you don't go to church and you're not a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I do not. Good I, job, Ehud. I do not kneel down the altar of real estate. Um, or Jesus. No, no, no. I just, um, no. I try and, you know, it's the, it's the every year. You know, you, if all the musicians out there that do their taxes and fill out, I'm still a musician. It's always amazes me that I'm yeah. still like, holy crap, I'm still doing this. Right. Like, and my, do- I my oldest daughter's about to go to college, and I, I do feel like it's a finish line. Like, yeah. You're able to go to college and you can say to your friends, My dad was a musician. Yeah. For my entire life. Like, he didn't have to, like, throw in the towel, you know? Yeah. And it's not like I sit there and go, I got to keep doing this. I honestly would not do anything else. So, yeah. Because my father was always like, You don't have a plan B, do you? I'm like, no, I don't.
0: Was he cool with that?
1: He was cool enough. I mean, you know, they both. They went to Penn State, had PhDs, and, and uh, but they were always creative. They wanted to be creative people. My brother, you know, went and got his master's. My sister's got her master's, and I dropped out of school mm-hmm. to be a musician.
0: Yeah, I never even went to college.
1: If I didn't go to this college, honestly, it, it, I went there uh, to be truthful, chasing my high school girlfriend. Right. And did you I'm, catch her? Yeah. And then we split. <laughs> it, thank God it, for both of us, because it was it set me on a path of like, you know, being a musician. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll never forget. And and if she's listening, uh, I, I still st- st- I still apologize for putting my my speakers in the back of her brand new iRock. And ripping the, the, she had an Rock Z, like, with the T-Tops. That kind of girl. Oh, yeah. Like, I was not I was not man enough for this situation. A girl with an IROC, what? Yeah, I'm like, you have a way cooler <laughs> car than me. And I remember putting my speakers in the back of her car and, like, tearing a little bit of the leather. Oh. And she was pissed. Yeah,
0: well, who wouldn't be? Right? It's an IROC.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I don't even know what that it's is. It's a killer-ass uh, ass car, Dude, bro. it's it's sweet car. Sweet car. And I was like, can I drive out of school? No, you can't drive Hell out of no. school. I will sit over here. Yeah. Just drop me off at my mom's Buick Regal station wagon. What was
2: your advice to your daughter to go to college or not to go? Like she's obviously going, but did you have input?
1: Yeah, I definitely have input. I mean, you know, you can you you just know your own kid and you know if it's a good thing for them or if, if it's something that you know that may or may not be the right fit for them, mm-hmm. but she's really into rowing crew, which has been a something that she picked up late and her child, not till ninth grade. So that's it's like, like
0: when people are all in a boat together. Right? Yeah, they get in a boat and they yeah. just crank out. And yeah. but
1: she wasn't doing anything. <laughs> all together. I'm just, you know, I'm just, out. just making sure. It's that
0: thin, long boat, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. people fucking cranking <laughs> yeah. it. In Boston, on the, on
2: the river or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> you you are uh, Where do you quite do the sportsman. In Rhode Island?
1: What's well, the ocean state? Oh, okay. So there's water. We're surrounded by water. <laughs> and, you and you're making fun
2: of me. Rivers for that. <laughs> No, we do it right
1: into the surf. Oh, okay, really? <laughs> no, no, okay. no. No, that's that's Hawaii. That's Hawaii um, <laughs> Hawaii five O. Yeah, yeah. They don't have that. No, they um, they they uh, you know, I'm I'm proud that they do that. That's cool that they they're, you know, focused on that. But um like if you got
0: a passion you're like you're it's you're cool. you're winning. I mean, there's That's so right. many people that are just asleep at the wheel of their life and and, and right. don't have that. So, you know, like you know, taking the risk of being an yeah. artist. It's like if you have a passion, you're engaged in a passion. That yeah. that is success in in a, in a big way because a lot of people never find
1: that. You know, uh, so I have this five-year-old son, Jack, who who plays drums freakishly well at five years old. Mhm. It's not a bragging thing. It's, it's like he just loves music. He's been that way since he was a little kid, banging on stuff. And then it started with dancing. Like he was a crazy good dancer. Like good rhythm. Really, like odd, like for a two-year-old Terrible. to dance like Bruno Mars. Like, mm-hmm. well, What's what's this going to become? And then it, I have all these drums in the house. So he eventually just found his way down there, mm-hmm. and now he's doing it with the piano. And people are like, you got to get him into lessons. You got to get him on the Ellen Show. Yeah. Like, you guys don't get it. Right. Like I just love that he is so in love with music and the way it makes him feel. yeah. And whatever that ends up being in his life is yeah. great yeah and it's like the rowing thing nah
0: man monetize it yeah monetize <laughs> it like come you on could, bro get him on ellen where's his youtube channel what the fuck? he could have millions of youtube subscribers yeah
1: i mean i if if i didn't well at
0: least put him in a video i think that much you know i thought about you putting know him you, in could, this. you should put him in a video he did I, ask, I would go that far
1: he did ask me if i could, he's you like know? can i be in this video you're yeah, doing yeah <laughs> I'm like, i don't see why not because these days it's video a, everything's you know, well, whatever listen, was I, taboo you for not cool. Put
2: videos of him up on Facebook because I've seen him play the drums. He's amazing. Yeah, I do well, put that's the one thing. I do that's put different those
1: than getting on Ellen. No, I, I put those up, be, you know, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even. That's ridiculous. Are your other
2: kids musical?
1: Uh, my youngest uh, daughter played drums for a moment, and she bailed. But um, she's got it in her. I'm like, it's going to serve you well. You're going to be in college or at some... Later in life party and someone's going to have, there's going to be a drummer. Yeah. And you'll be like, ah, you know, here comes the song by the Beatles. I can play that. And she's going to blow people's mind by just like being able to hang. Right. And that's cool. That is cool. You know, that be able to do that. Um, So, but I think that just the rowing and and anything that gets your blood pumping and it it can just.
0: Spiritually or physically or anything.
1: Yeah. You get exercise in your body and you're like, something's, you're going to have thoughts. So it's cool. Yeah. I, you know, we're not heading to the Olympics or anything. We're just trying to decide if it's going to be, it's going to happen. You know, So whatever.
0: So when, when you had some, I assume you've had some lean years or some scary years in this thing too. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, how did you persevere as an artist um, through those times? And um, I'm speaking for myself too, cause I definitely have had a bunch of those. Of kind course. Of years, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, well, Us who hang
0: on to careers on the fringes. Of you know
1: well you know um, I think everyone ha- goes through that I mean wh- right whatever level someone's at you know right um, and they everyone's fringe is a different fringe it's so. a different
0: fringe I you know I just mean not you know massive like no buckets I'm, of money I'm with raining you. on you
1: and I look I, I was saying to um, my wife the other night about writing music I'm like listen I've gotten to this point where I just love to write music and I'm just going to, I'm not going to ever stop writing music. And, mm-hmm. and this current stuff I've I'm writing now is the record I've been wanting to write for six or seven years. I'm like, you know, I grew up loving harder music than I ended up writing because mm-hmm. when I started singing, I was like, well, I can't, I'm not going to force my voice to sound like, you know, ACDC or you're talking about Living Color last night or mm-hmm. The Cult or these bands that I like covered in high school that I loved like the harder guitar stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was obsessed with James Taylor and Jackson Brown and Van so Morrison. I, yeah, Van Morrison. Like I love that vibe because I, I fit into that quickly. Like it was easy home for me, but I would also love to just be someone's guitar player mm-hmm. and and be Jimmy Page for a night if I could attempt it yeah you know so you know I, i'm i'm in a place where i'm just sort of writing
0: so it's more rock and roll this new one
1: i hope so i mean i, I and, and maybe i'm not even the singer maybe it's a different project and i know that's like it is a fringe scary thing to be like well, geez how are you gonna like what where's the money in that i know the look my wife gives me like okay well what's that where where's that go and how does that I'm like well I'm the, i can't worry about that not sound like yeah. uber artist but at the end of the day, I'm still doing this almost thirty years later. So I'm. You got to follow just, your instincts. I'm just gonna do it, and maybe uh, it'll, you know. I always joke. I'm like, we're gonna win best new artist before I'm sixty. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still. <laughs> I, 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 Man, you
0: and I are gunning, are gunning for that same award. I swear to God. I'm telling you, man. I want to win Best New Artist, too. I, I'm, I'm telling you.
1: I, I've already prepared the speech, man. I'll tweak it every 10 years. I got mine
0: folded in the back pocket. You want to compare them? <laughs>
1: as long as we thank each other if one of us wins. All right, well, now we have to. Now we
0: have to. It's in stone.
1: i also like to honor uh, Pat McGee tonight. He really deserves this, guys. <laughs> Next year for Pat.
0: But so, like, but in, in those, like, lean times, like, how do you, like, uh, I don't know, what what kind of methods do you use to keep your spirit, you know, from going down, like, the dark rabbit hole, or, like, keep your spirit up? Like, what are some of your techniques or secrets just to help us all out? How'd you do God, it? God,
1: I think it, at the end of the day, and I'm, the, I'm, I'm not a... Um,
0: if it wasn't a church band, what was it?
1: <laughs> that has never been a church band, that's for sure, but... I think if if you're writing something, and and you if you write something that you wake up being like, damn, that I'm super proud that I wrote that song. It's going to be good. I can't wait for this next record. I can already see what it's going to be. It Do might, you always have that though? Because
0: I might get be two sometimes disillusion where I'm just like, that's a good song. I don't really give a fuck. Like I get that disillusion. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, like you know. Uh. Yeah, you never got that disillusioned?
1: Not so yeah. far that I'm like, well, it's never going to see the light of day. Fuck that.
0: I mean, I don't stay in that place, yeah. but my mind will drift into that place, Yeah, you know?
1: Well, I, you know, I don't know. I just try and uh, lean on the music and hope, yeah. hope that, you know, so I'm certainly, music. I certainly don't have some sort of like a sugar mama situation where like, no. oh, life's just pretty, we can just sit I back I meant and more like...
0: Do you meditate? Do you run? Do you like? Do you, how do you keep your spirit lifted? Like just
1: I have the kids, but but and, and look, I, I've in the last year I've tried to. I, I was in the bad habit previous to that of making a, a to do list every day that was impossible, and every day of setting myself up for failure. Like I got to get these kids off to school, and then I got to write these songs, do all the the business stuff of being a musician. That takes up so much time and creative mind space, you know. Do you
0: have a manager?
1: No, I fired managers years ago. You and self-manage. I do. I do it all myself. And it's, you know, that those are times where I'm like, man, I wish I could afford a manager. or, or But then I'd, I would be so like. Well, you just what give them
0: a percentage. But then yeah. that's affording, I guess.
1: Yeah, but sometimes managers are like, you know. Damagers. Yeah, I've had some rough ones. Yeah. I've had some really rough ones everything that was we always the band did it ourselves and we we essentially got signed ourselves and and then they came in because i felt like well i can't be the one that yells at warner brothers so let's hire a manager Mm -hmm. and then let's just and then oh we're gonna make some videos we gotta have somebody doing that so i don't know it it always felt like taking the hands off the wheel was the bad bad idea i know it's like taboo back in the 90s to be like it's my own you're your own manager like well i but i just didn't find the right guy That's Mm. all it was. Yeah. Um, Everything was always so fast-paced. I was never able to sit down and be like, take a breath. Is this the right person? You know. um, But I can also I focus on these other these two festivals that I was mentioning that I have. Right. So I'll pour my creativity into the one in North Carolina or the one in Rhode Island, and 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 I'm passionate about them. I think that it's it's important to do it. What are those called? One's called Down the Hatch. It's in North Carolina every spring. Is that for yeah.
0: members of AA?
1: It's <laughs> a joke. Hey, good one. That. Good one. As I slug I was back gonna this one. i going to go wine. for a porn reference. Mm.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy shit. No.
1: I often think oh, about renaming them, down but the it's, t- it's too late. The second one is, name, is, is great. Ocean State of Mind. Well, you're going to come. Down the
0: Hatch is fine. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Down the Hatch is, you know, it, it was not a, um, it, it's it's an obscure um, description for the actual title. Most people, pr- knowing the band back in the first 10 years, because probably every guy in the band walked around with a handle of beam in their hand at all times. It was, we were that.
0: Oh, you guys bunch were?
1: Of, we were a bunch of clowns. Um,
0: I was a clown.
1: Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> we really a clown. We really. <laughs> I was the Joker. We really. Um, yeah. We we lived it up. We we for sure lived it up. And um, but down the hatch to me, I think I just come out of. Uh, my daughter was in a school Alice in Wonderland play, mm-hmm. and I wrote a tune for the play. Actually, a song I originally wrote with Jason Mraz, and we tweaked it to be in this school play. I thought it'd be cool to be like, uh, you know what? Let's let me like do something so like different. So I wrote a song for Alice in Wonderland, and you know, obviously in the back of my head, sometimes it was like that Tom Petty video, like, mm-hmm. oh, what's all right? So there's there's this other underground world that people don't know about. The whole play was about that, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, well, this festival needs to be this other world that people don't know about. So I'm calling it Down the Hatch. Uh, and uh, and that's really what it's about. It's not about doing shots or any right. shit. No, that, does, that does happen. But um, it's really about that there's this world that we create in North Carolina for four days. And it really is special. The, the, and it's, you know. Kind like
0: Burning Man in North Carolina.
1: I can't, I've never been to Burning Man.
0: Me neither. On the beach. Is it like it's it's like. It's it,
1: just so you know, I, I really I, I always got I don't want to say been out of shape, but like when you go to a festival and the headliner is at, always at a certain time. Uh-huh. And then the least uh famous artist is on the tiny stage in the yeah. tent over by the back. I always get
0: pissed off about the way they like write the names huge and then oh, everybody font. else and then it gets smaller and smaller. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. like you have to get a like a magnifying <laughs> glass to see like the bo- the bottom line. It's like, Really, we need to do this. Yeah, like, I, this hierarchy needs to be here. Come on, guys. I know it was. <laughs> like uh, tone this down a notch.
1: There's there's many things that <laughs> that I. It's true.
2: That's what you uh, always look for. What size the artist? The font. Yeah, it's fucked it's up. Like, it's oh, like I ain't seen that. I guy. mean,
0: put the headliner a little bigger. How about that? Can yeah. I can I throw that out there? Like, just. <laughs> I don't know. A couple extra points for the headliner, and keep everybody else dignified. Yeah.
2: It's like the fine print that nobody wants to. Read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. Down there with the trademark. <laughs> yeah. Anyone pass the line, I can't I'm. R- see I'm playing it. right after copyright. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's
1: we don't we don't adhere to that rule everyone's the same font size at wow the match. equal see, font billing this
0: is my kind of festival I'm telling you right now man damn dude and take note festivals no, nobody plays
1: nobody plays at the same time as anybody else
0: that's cool too
1: and for the first eight years i never gave the schedule to anyone that's you awesome. were not allowed to know when people played that's great so you had to sit there and you know, in your beach chair with your cooler, and just wait for someone to show up and play.
0: Yeah, and you would invite unknown people too. Yeah, that's and cool. it was
1: really—it was mainly an unknown thing. I wanted mm-hmm. the people that opened up for me that I thought were incredible, um, to get some love. Yeah, and um,
0: that's the secret of your success, man. Yeah. Right there, that—that that spirit, right there. Is well, like Because you're giving it back, and that's why you're maintaining it. I hope so. Still.
1: I, but it's really. I've just so the other night we were at Fenway seeing Zach Brown Band, which uh-huh. I haven't been to a mega show like that in a long time. And these were guys who we used to do a lot of shows with. Right. And they brought um, Lucas Nelson out, uh-huh. who opened up and absolutely freaking crushed it. Willie Dude, Nelson's kid. Willie Nelson's kid. He's incredible. He's, does he play with Neil Young too? Is that right? Or? I'm sure he does. He's okay. He's just badass. He's just yeah from his. He really is badass. If Willie didn't exist and Lucas is his own thing, it's rare you get these kids that are mm-hmm. that unique. Granted, he opens up his mouth, it sounds a lot like Willie's tone. Is that, is that right? But he's a badass guitar player and the songs are raw and he's unapologetic about it and he seems like such a kind person. If you can play a stadium and you're <laughs> like, That dude is super nice and he doesn't only says a few words, you're like mm-hmm. there's a spirit in that guy you're like first off he's raised by willie nelson so right and i'm sure that's a leg up that's a little bit of a leg up and you know so my point is zach brought lucas out and not only did he bring him out but he did something that we used to do as a band and had them him play his biggest hit in the middle of their set at the high point of the show which is genius. super cool, man. No, they didn't come just, out and do the wait or that's some over, other bullshit. That's over
3: the top. <laughs>
0: you know, some other let's do
1: freaking you let's know do can't the always wait, bro. Yeah, we're gonna do, can't always get what you want. Everyone sing along. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas sing a verse. Cool. Come on, Lucas. You know, well let's Lucas. do let's do one of <laughs> the, so the Willie's songs. He did his opening that's,
2: set and then he brought up. He did on. his
1: opening set and so t- when Train was out opening for us for god uh, almost a year straight. Mm-hmm. They were the first of four bands in this thing that we did. And they had uh, this song Meet Virginia, which was not on the radio yet. Like, And they crushed Ramble On by Zeppelin, which they still play and destroy. I it.
0: crushed Ramble On at Carnegie Hall at the Zeppelin oh, tribute. You did that? I did Ramble On, yeah. Oh, hell I yeah. I mean, I sort of just patted myself on the back by saying I crushed it. I bet it. you did crush but it. But I did crush it, honestly.
1: Ooh, I would like to hear that. <laughs> That's anyway, badass. Yeah, I love that Congrats. song. That's not thank you. Well, you got to play Zeppelin at Carnegie Hall.
0: I know it's it, it's good.
1: You need a T-shirt that says that. I know, that. right?
0: I'm gonna just I'm gonna go Sharpie one up <laughs> when I get home. Sharpie one <laughs> up. Is that a Trump <laughs> reference? Because of the Sharpie. Oh my god, <laughs> bro, that is a stretch. <laughs> yeah, well I did hear about had, the Sharpie oh thing, dude, but gonna, I mean, that, come on. I, like you said, Sharpie, <laughs> I was like. Oh man, no! It's not what, a Trump what year reference. Was this train thing? Sharpie's
1: so excited about this whole thing. By the way, they're just this, selling. This mad podcast is pens. sponsored by Sharpie.
2: Yeah,
0: that would be a great Sharpie sponsor. Sharpie. Take note. Yes, we will fucking love that. They can do Sharpie, anything. Call Sharpie. Sharpie.
2: I would even take a Trump sponsorship. I guess <laughs> he's got money. Money's okay. Money. We just got
0: canceled. Money's yeah. You, <laughs> you know, we just half, lost a lot of our 80, fan base. Eighty percent of that out. Eighty percent gone. <laughs> Ehud said that. <laughs> And hey. he's Jewish. <laughs> okay. So I mean, so back to y- you do the math on that. Back to
1: train. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So so okay. Well, yeah, the, the train point story. is, we used to bring them out. We used to say, "Hey, there's 17 people here when you open up, and and you you destroy these two tunes. People need to hear this. Yeah. Uh, save it. Don't play it during your set. And we did it at Irving Plaza. We did it with Vertical Rise in there. Before they had their hits, um, that's amazing. Uh, Howie Day, and because honestly, man, I grew up going to concerts, and it was like you want the show to, you want people to leave there and be like, "What a freaking great night mm-hmm. I just experienced." And now it's like they got so many other reasons to not go to shows. Yeah. So if they get off their asses and come to a show, they should leave and be like, "That was so worth it." The band's got a lot. Like everything was such a great experience. So why not? If the song is that good, stick it at the end of the show. Give them some love and, and have enough confidence in your own show that you're not going to get one-upped by the op- by the opener, no matter how freaking good they are. Yeah. It doesn't matter because, look, there was, you know, Zach Brown set the record at Fenway for 11 sellouts in a row. He did? Dude, over Billy Joel just, and McCartney. They, I didn't know that. It's That's insanity, wild. man. Yeah,
2: they did two nights at City Field, like, last year. Or even this year. Yeah, first. they were just there. They yeah. were
0: just at City Field. So it's How many y- nights am I doing at City Field? <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget. Is it, <laughs> we're playing is it one, section is it three or? Section five <laughs> <laughs> <in> <laughs> the, on the upper level. <laughs> oh, I'm playing in the basement You're there. play every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the lounge act
1: room? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay at the concession, the concession. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, look. <laughs> we're busking at the subway station for City Field. <laughs> yeah. We're on our way to Fenway to see Zach Brown and these are guys that, you know, we played with and my, and I have a little show in, in this little restaurant in Rhode Island the night before my festival. Uh-huh. And all I need to really sell is like 60 tickets. I'm like, "Tara, we're at nine tickets. We've sold nine tickets." I She's love like, it. "That's pretty good." I love it when I hear shit like that. I'm like we we got nine, maybe we'll hit 11 by the end of the night at Zach Brown. I'm like, he's giving us nine free tickets to his show that cost $600 a piece <laughs> or that's something wild. ridiculous. Right. Like there, there are nine sure. people standing right there. Like, and, and I as just a, like, as an know, artist,
0: how do you like, when you like, cause I, I, I deal with similar shit. Sure. And how, like, that's, I guess what I'm getting at too, like keeping our spirits up when there's like, and, and not comparing. Cause it's like, yeah, like oh, you can't compare. You can't compare. It's no. like it's also like yeah. How, so how do you go about that? Even Zach
1: would probably say, "Dude, this is so absurd," because he'll know full well what it was like to be like, "I'm playing Eddie's Attic in Atlanta." Yeah. God, I hope I pull twenty people. Oh yeah. If they no. asked me to come back. That's great.
0: Exactly. I'm. You know, I still feel that way. Well, you, at the, I mean, I'm at that Eddie's Attic in Atlanta. I would love it if I packed Eddie's Attic. At oh Atlanta. yeah.
1: Well, there's like you know. I I don't know if you uh, you know you listen to some of these comedians that go out and yeah they have the same thing where they have to start over and they go to the co- comedy clubs and like, yeah I got to rehearse this thing live in front of people and I I got to it's it's so like yeah. oh my god it's it's just, it's just a scary way of doing it and and I don't know how you you know I think at the end of the day I don't know you feel like even if there's twenty people there and I, I think Sting said it one time it was like
0: easy for fucking sting to say
1: it's it's, it's easy yeah
0: right <laughs> it's easy for sting to say it's harder to play
1: <laughs> for 20 people than 20,000 that's true though it is totally it's that.
0: totally true it is true i because i've played massive shows before like going on stage with ben harper or something like that and mm-hmm. it's like just a massive amount of people and said that too. and it's like there's because there's just like it's so there's the fourth wall or whatever is so Massive. You're playing in the, into an abyss of you're whatever. You're playing into an abyss. But yeah, if there's ten people that you can look into their eyes and see them yawn in the front row, that's like that yeah. can that can like send you down a rabbit hole. <laughs> or, or if they get up and leave, <laughs> right? Well, somebody leaves like during a yeah. song, checking their phone. You're like, hey, can you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. But you know what? I, I've gotten to a point um, where I I've embraced that moment and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I think that that those are the times that you're going to win people over and and if you can conquer those awkward situations because they'd be terrified as hell to be sitting where you are right mm-hmm, yeah they wouldn't be able to get up there and do that and they're probably feeling a little weird that you didn't oh i feel bad you didn't more people they're all oh, of when you finish the show and they're like it must be like you know it's thursday so or how about
0: this one you should be so much bigger than you are battle oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that chestnut I mean, oh like, how often do you get that like Man, I don't understand why you're not a huge star. Yeah, I don't understand that. They mean well. They do, yeah. I think. Most of them, I think, mean well.
1: They do. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, a common theme in, in the band's career. Like, well, we all assumed you guys were going to be like... Massive by just now. Just playing stadiums all the time. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What <laughs> happened? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like. Why and what, are you and doing ha, real and, estate? And, Pat? What and, did you do with the church band? Ban the real the estate <laughs> business. <laughs> well, I started
3: this. Was my
0: plan. Even your fucking bio has the, has a joke in it. <laughs> according to Ehud. Nice. but no, but like, how, how do you uh, or um, yeah, what's your what, what's your response in that situation? Uh,
1: you know, I always, you know, I, I come from it. I come at it at, uh, as a guy who's got four kids mm-hmm. and as a musician, I just go, listen, man, you know, and people are like, well, didn't John Mary used to open for you guys? I'm like, uh. yeah, but <laughs> but look, I would not trade my life for one second right? and I'm a freaking deadhead. I've been to 40 some shows. Like yeah. and I was the first guy to say, John is not the right guy for this gig. This is going to be a disaster. And then I went to many shows and I, I totally get it and I'm in, but I don't. I would never trade my life for yeah. for someone who has that. Yeah. Look, I was mowing my lawn this morning before I got the hell out of town, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Dude, I I don't I don't have any problem mowing my lawn because I like to listen to like podcasts. I listen yeah. to podcasts when I mow my lawn, right? And it's all good. It's it's you know it's one of the few man things I can do in this world. Yeah. Everything else I lack skills of. So yeah. if I can show my wife that I mowed the lawn, yeah, and I can't you know, fix the fricking outlet downstairs. But I did that. Look, grass yeah. looks good. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting there going, I think cause I was listening to Orlando bloom on Stern uh-huh. and they talked about the money. He only got 170 grand for Lord of the Rings for all three of them. But he's like, ah, oh, I'm so thankful for it. But yeah, I got paid nothing. I'm like, oh, it's 170 grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to live in New Zealand and you got yeah. pretty, you're you said your diem was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, okay, yeah, and then you yeah. went straight from there to to uh, Blackhawk Down and Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, 18 other huge movies. Yeah. Uh, Don't like,
0: cry for me, Argentina.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, you're like, well, money's always the thing. Like, it would be nice to be, like, to pay some bills on time on a yeah. regular basis. Right. And and have that not be... Like, what is it like no to have... To that, have no that stress. not worry, to yeah. just focus on music. I would love that. And maybe it's just... And look, we, I felt a small wave of it with Kickstarter because it certainly helps. Yeah, you did um, great on that. But, yeah, you know, it's amazing yeah. how quickly that money can go. I know. Um, because Kickstarter is expensive and being in a band is expensive. And I mean, you know, everything's. And added. life is expensive. Dude, it's crazy. Food, eating good food, e- eating, for instance. Yes. College
2: is expensive, Pat.
1: I'm in full <coughs> denial about college. you got college. three more tuitions to go. Four. 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 Well, maybe by the time Jack. He'll, there'll be no college existed on planet Earth at that point. But we're still
0: swinging for the fences, bro. Yeah. Don't count us out. No, best new, couple of best new best artists new artist sitting over right here, here Disco- man. Discovered stadium, on this podcast. The stadiums are waiting.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Cleveland. When you you go to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you you get in for free. You give them the CD, right? Yeah. And they make you sign that thing. It says if uh, you get in, you what? What's the deal? You, if you, if you get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You, They make you sign something. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I gave them, I gave them my CD. And, and, yeah.
1: and they let
2: me in for free. They let you in for free if they you let have a me CD.
1: In for free. So if you're like a, just a bonehead at so home, you want to go to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right. just print one at home. If
0: you're a musician, if you're a working musician and you give them your CD, you get in for free. They you, say, you get in all for right, free. so when you get inducted into the Rock
2: Hall, Hall of Fame, yeah you'll remember this moment uh-huh. and you'll... You know, I think they say you'll you'll, you'll agree to play here, you'll agree to let us... Yeah, you'll yeah. agree to donate something of yeah, yours. Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, a
1: laughable moment, but I, I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll give you something. I'll i, it I yeah. take it seriously. Bucks. It's pretty cool. I think you should take they, they it seriously. They put too. the Wetlands microbus in the front yeah. lobby for a while and our sticker was on the bus. Mm-hmm. Really? So... Yeah. I mean, they were pretty much in there.
0: I had a painting in there once. What? Yeah, I did. I don't know if it's still there or what. That's cool. Yeah. I don't remember the story. (laughs) I knew you were going to ask me. I really don't, but I did have a painting in there. But, yeah.
1: So, Cleveland's home for you.
0: Oh, uh, Akron was where I come from. All right. Yeah. But uh, I left there when I was 18, moved down south to Atlanta, lived there for Oh. Four or five years, and then I got signed by Peter Gabriel and moved to England, and then moved to New York, and I've been in New York ever since.
1: Peter Gabriel signed you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a Patrick lot. just wet his pants. Did <laughs> you? You love <laughs> you love
0: some pizza, Gabriel? What yeah. is
1: the conversation with him like? Just a <clears throat> just a.
0: Well, I mean, that was my uh, you know foray into sort of the professional recording music situation, you know. So it was just a real interesting. I mean Brian Eno sang on my first album, Mm. you know. Let's drop some more, (laughs) next Poppy. You know, (laughs) like drop uh, away.
2: We love that. Yeah. T Bone Burnett.
0: Well, that was my second album. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I recorded my first like three or three records at Real World. I used to live at Real World for 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 months. I would be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Patrick just threw a chair through the window.
0: Yeah, well, you, you should just go because it's not that hard to get in. I mean, you could just like you could just Stuck roll
2: security.
0: There is no real security there. No, security there. Security no like, you know, you could just roll up into box and go there. It's really it's yeah. not out. Bring, bring <laughs> you're <bring laughs> a you're a making and it. In, give, it to,
2: give it to them.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're making it impossible. But it's is, really is not.
1: Peter Gabriel, like levitating in like a kimono with like just crystals, crystals around him.
0: Surprisingly, yeah. he often is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, but man. yeah, no. It's it, it was just like you know it, it was so out the box. I was like working minimum wage, and then all of a sudden I was in that scene, and
1: and that came when you were in, down in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I I just gave a demo tape to a friend, who gave it to a friend, who then sent it to this A and R guy in New York, and that guy gave it to Peter Gabriel. It was like so crazy the way it happened. Yeah, like it was like lightning striking in a way.
1: So it's <laughs> not this, not the same. Uh, Incredible level, but when we uh, here in New York, when we hired our attorney, mm-hmm. that was when it was official we wanted to be signed because that's like you got a lawyer. Yeah. Then he calls the labels, and we played the Bowery, mm-hmm. and we it was a special f- just for a signing just thing, for, yeah, which we is were, a big we were, venue for that. It I is, mean, but Bowery's we were, a big one. We were a how we were like a staple Irving, we're like oh I guess we'll do the Bowery. It's smaller, <laughs> but we'll do it. Yeah, and and we went there. A
0: crushing venue. I love Especially it. Especially if you rammed it like you must have. Oh, done was it was crushed. Yeah. It,
1: it was just fantastic. I'll never forget our manager. Um, at the, at the uh, Maybe that's why we haven't been back. He called the owner of the Bowery, who was a woman at the time. He, went, I, he walked right up to me and goes, you're a fucking dick <laughs> to this <laughs> why? woman. There was all kinds of something happened. Like some bad money went down. I don't know what happened. Something weird I walked ever. by it. I was like. Oh, this isn't good. Yeah, we gotta we gotta cut ties with this guy. Yeah. and Steve Lillywhite walks over at wow. the moment and goes, "Hey, Steve Lillywhite." And all these label, my lawyer is there. He goes, "Capital, Warner, Atlantic, they're all here." Jason Flom, all these people. Uh-huh. And uh, Lillywhite appears, and I just go, "Let's go upstairs." So we sit with Lillywhite, and for those of you who don't know, Steve Lillywhite produced all these great records of U two mm-hmm. and and well, he worked with Peter Gabriel. He too. did work with Peter Gabriel. Yeah. And, um, and you know, he, he helped Dave Matthews start as well. I didn't know that he did their first record um, on the first few records and, and yeah, a couple a others. Later on. Yeah. yeah. But, um, he wa- he was starting his own record label. Wow. And we were, we couldn't get over the fact that we might make a record with him. And then he said, well, I'm going to start the, my own label and at the same time we had all these other labels showing interest with big financial numbers
0: mm-hmm. and you went with Warner Brothers and of
1: course we ended up going with like well it's Warner Brothers seems to make sense and I, I think back and you know look I'm proud of what we did at Warner and it yeah. just, it's the record business I'm sure I it have would have been a different shit storm at some other label
0: I have moments like that where I think back oh I Wish I would have done the, And not even saying You wish you would have But like thing, Thinking of things Like you wonder
2: You you were also on Virgin At a point
0: Well they were Pe- I mean Peter Gabriel's label Went through Virgin uh, okay. Yeah
1: <laughs> But you got to work <laughs> with Peter and I mean on some level That has to be like Damn that's
0: Yeah it's It's wild
1: For people that didn't Get to do it Like us two sitting here and Patrick going And friends
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Still a good dude Yeah he's a great dude Yeah Oh man The label's I think great label so it's know. still going strong. It's still going, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I everyone, went. everyone's figuring it out all the time, I think, in the music business now, you know? Like, streaming and all that. Like, what what is this business, and how how are we going to do it?
1: Well, I was out in Burbank in 99 uh, at Warner, and they we go the whole tour of the place. It's this giant building, the ski chalet kind of, like, extended, you know, version of Target. And then you go into, like, this one little tiny room, and they're like this is our internet wing. We don't really know what this is yet. There's six, com- there were six computers <laughs> in that room. Right. I was like, oh, they're like, we don't know what it's going to be, but we got this, we got the computer. I'm like, okay, next room, please show me where Sinatra was signed. Well, well, Peter, <laughs> where the Gab- Van Halen record.
0: <laughs> yeah. Peter Gabriel was like, uh, to give you an example of his intelligence, I remember him talking to me about streaming was going to be the future back then. Like, he was on top like he of course yeah he was Mm. just he's like that like super yeah just the way his brain works it's just on some other level you know like in the 90s like he or you know just like i mean maybe you know maybe i'm exaggerating that slightly early 2000s or something like that you know And then just also he made music with uh, Chimpanzee, too. So there's that, (laughs) you know, like, so it's just some people think differently than other people. You know, like, but what what you guys did, I think, you know, big names aside is is actually more impressive because you cultivated a, a massive base, you know, organically. And that's something I, I didn't ever really do. My Mine was like this sort of fluke of fate. I mean, I, I, learned, I taught well, if that myself that. Well,
1: if that came quickly to you, then yeah. Yeah. We just hit the road, and it was not like, well, what would you do that? On, why'd you do that? Like, well, I wanted to play eight nights a week if possible mm-hmm. as a solo dude, so I was always obsessed with just scheduling as many gigs as I could.
0: And you were doing all that yourself.
1: Yeah, and it just didn't seem... All that difficult to call a bar and be like, hey, I got a lot of friends. We're going to put. I can remember so many bars saying. It is difficult, hey, though. Don't, dude. don't uh, claim you're going to bring all these people. I'm like, well, we got some friends and they got some friends and I bet you we're going to put 50 people in there. And they're like, well, if you do more than 10, we'll be happy. And then 80 people show up. Mm-hmm. And then it would snowball. And then our thing was we brought a lot of drinkers. People mm-hmm. would drink, drink, drink. And and they would say, oh, man, you guys bring more. You're, you're 75 people drink more than our 300 mm-hmm. sellouts for these pop shows that come in here. Mm-hmm. So you can come back anytime you want. Yeah. So that became sort of the you know, the benchmark for a lot of uh, our shows, and it's still to this day. Yeah. Um, and where did you learn?
0: I mean, here's why it's difficult, because a lot of people have a lot of demons in their way, where it's mm-hmm. like the self-esteem, it, like to have the confidence to do that. Like, what do you think gave you that that strength? I mean, did you is that something you learned from your parents? How, how do you trace that back? And also being a creative and somebody who's organized and a bit like who can self manage and who did yeah. that right from the jump, like that's that, so that is an back unusual like, skill set.
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess um, it is. It it really is. I'm, so my my brother handed me a guitar at sixteen and said, You me just play guitar." You know, I played piano and clarinet before that, but despised it because it was so rigid and, you know, recitals and things that I just couldn't deal with. But I always I always loved the fun element when he would take me to concerts and I was in eighth grade and, like, going to see Robert Plant and Little Feet and Jimmy Buffett. And, like, these are big, like, people are having a great time here. I always was aware how much fun people were having. But my parents would take me to the Smithsonian all the time and see jazz shows and, uh, see uh, world music and all kinds of different stuff, uh, classical uh, overtures and stuff. We we took we took it all in. So they were aware I, of culture. Yeah, I just w- loved the like when people would freak out when we would see the eighteen twelve overture and the real cannons get blasted. Everyone's like, "This is incredible," you know. And it really was. It would give me goosebumps thinking about it. So I'm like, you know, that moment is so needs to be created all the time. Like. So I always strive to be that guy that was creating that moment. Um, if I look back on things that I sort of organized in in high school, and I wasn't like the popular guy because I was in a band, and that was like a weird thing. Now, you probably if you're in a band now, it's probably cool. But in, when I was in high school, you were all of a sudden, oh, you're the band guy. I thought you played on the basketball team. You quit. You quit that for playing guitar, like yeah i'd rather play guitar and and you're jumping around like you're in freaking living color literally like we were <laughs> playing living color songs mm-hmm. called um, of personality oh yeah we played, <laughs> we played the whole damn
2: record but um it was uh yeah you told me you saw them live back i did i saw did them. too i saw traveled them, to man. see them i, I forgot really? to tell
0: vernon that oh. Where'd you go? man vernon is cool uh oh cleveland i mean from akron
2: but are we talking 80s
0: yeah, like when, yeah, because when that when yeah. that record landed, it they were like they were like the Beatles for a second. Man, it like, was they, it was like massive. They it were was, the only ones doing that. Yeah, it was really something. It was something. It was cultu- Stones had out opening shift. up. It was an exciting situation. Yeah,
1: it really was, and um, I and that energy from those shows, and I used to go see this band twenty four seven spies. Oh yeah, Lo- I remember,
0: I remember <sighs> that. Love that band. Yeah so that the fishbone
1: oh yeah fishbone is a staple yeah and we we would see these bands and, and i loved the energy of the shows i loved the the that vibe but I, yeah. I i i knew like all right i can't really do that but i can bring that energy to what my music will be right um it's about being hopefully it's authentic you know if it feels authentic then i think people connect with that um but should I get sidetracked talking about spies? What the hell were we talking about? Well, I was asking you
0: like, <laughs> you know, I guess uh how you had the confidence oh. to just to to be organized and to like put yourself out there and to just yeah. go to just go for it because I think that is an actual unusual trait.
1: Well, so I was going to say about high school, I remember booking a um convincing people we need to go on a ski trip. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm going to like book the Greyhound bus and I'm going to sell that's these ski packages. See, this is like
0: not normal. This bro, is st- at it's all. not. It wasn't normal. that normal. is not normal. <laughs> dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody
1: I, does that. I know. So my, and I remember <laughs> calling like people. Level like, of confidence. I remember calling. Hey. I have a friend like that. It's just their level of
2: confidence. Is just. Yeah. Like there's what? nothing that can happen that will. Yeah, we'll, well, OK, so that's that same confidence level.
1: <laughs> I remember calling the popular people, right? Uh-huh. And I, you didn't you couldn't text them call their freaking house and be like
0: i bet you were one of those semi-populars sort like of the outskirt
1: I, I was outskirt Skirted popular. many group social groups i, I hung I, with I everyone was kind
0: of a freak but i was kind of an acceptable freak
1: yeah i hung with all kinds of different people yeah my good friends were Makes in this sense. band damage incorporated they're they're <laughs> all they're a metallica tribute band we all hung out mm-hmm. it's it's you know um at, but i can remember making the call to be like if i can just loop you know rope in a couple of these like more popular people. Maybe they'll all go on the ski trip. We'll have a fr- I know they're going to have a great time. I don't need to hang with them, yeah. but I know they're going to have a good time. And I remember getting in this damn Greyhound bus. It was like junior year in the bottom of Hunter Mountain in New York and taking it up to the, to the top. And I, was, I got in the bus, and you put all your ski crap on. It's freaking hot. But mm-hmm. I was still like, I'm so fucking nervous that I invited all these people here. I don't really know them. And I got up and went to the back of the bus and threw up my brains out just for like mm-hmm. the entire trip up. And all I can think of is like everyone in this bus knows exactly what I'm doing right now. Cause they can hear me and I'm <laughs> like going to get to the top of the mountain and be like, all right, let's go. Let's get, ski, let's let's get skiing. And they're like, did you just throw up the whole way up here? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not as confident as you probably think I am running this whole thing. Right. But I, you know, organizing those people, I, I think about that when we do down the hatch or OSM that's thing in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. I, I like the one in Rhode Island is really, there's a lot of log- logistics I'm renting out, like man- literally mansions in Newport mm. boats, Frickin' trolleys. We go to all sorts of different places. We went to a corn maze and put the musicians in the corn maze mm-hmm. and made people go find them, like follow the fucking mandolin and banjo and go. That's genius. F- go dude. find it the musician g- in the corn that, maze. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> that's genius. It Let's was see what show you end up in. It was pandemic. super fun. I'm like, dude, I would send them music. And these corn mazes, if you don't have a map, you may have to live there. Now it's that big. You're gonna yeah. never leave.
2: That's insane. Yeah, you'd have to
1: get on shoulders. Oh. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so we could see how the fuck. I don't. Out. know
0: Where do you find time to sell real estate with all this? <laughs> I'm still he would, having you, a hard time that, tying with that, that together. Level of
2: confidence. Who would sell uh, like that?
1: Well, I I do like I I really ultimately.
2: Wait, but the ocean state of mind is the same as down the hatch, just different. Theme. Well,
1: no, d- down the hatch is is me showcasing. Um. 12 to 14 artists or so outside of my band uh, on the beach in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We stay put at this one hotel. Mm-hmm. We used to leave the property and go to other bars and play, but now it's like, I'd rather just take over the, it, it's like we're sitting at the you know the hotel here in Jersey. Yeah. It'd be like if everything was here, you just have to go and, and that was the beach. And you just go from the ballroom to your room to, and we do guitar lessons with fans. We sit around and do a singer. Like, how did you write that song? And it used to be just a few people. Now it's like people show up with, like, guitars with tags on them. Like, how do I make a G chord? And we'll show them. Mm. And it's all the artists dig it because they get to hang with each other. A lot of us, I would just be
0: like, you look it up on YouTube, you fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm just joking. It's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we do... uh, we have to
1: cut it off sometimes. People are just like, Wait, so where does my pinky go? I'm like, oh, we're done here.
0: Uh, yeah, you just want attention, okay? Yeah, uh, we're done. Go to therapy. No, we're
1: going to teach <laughs> you how to smash your guitar. Do you, have, do you have,
2: like, super fans that show up for that that you kind of don't, like, that make it uncomfortable? Or?
1: You know, uh, many years ago, I think I just adopted the, like, well, it's whoever's a big fan is a big fan. And, and they're, you know, they're help paying your bills. Like, yeah. And if, if you... Um, I so wish I adopted the,
0: that sooner. What's the word? Yeah,
1: well, for so long, we we're like, don't even go out and sign stuff. Yeah. The Mystique, we're like, kiss. I know. Like, don't go out there. That's yeah. la- that's so lame. And now we're like hanging out before the show. Like, yeah. hey, can I uh, g- get you a drink? Yeah. Get you some Mott Sticks?
0: I know. Isn't that funny? Well, because you even said, like, about, like, the eighth grade reunion, like, these are friends before before music, so they're friends yeah. for the right reasons. And I'm just, like, thinking, yeah, but, like... The whole music thing has been so demystified now. It's almost like I there's no, there like just because you're a musician now, there's no sort of extra. I don't feel like there's an extra pool in a way. You no, know, there's you know, not. You know what I mean?
1: There's not, and and it is. Which
0: is fine with me. Yeah, I, I don't. Really, I'm. I don't know.
1: I I think, honestly, there there was like a growing up and and seeing. Rock stars from the '70s and '80s—they mm-hmm. were so unrelatable. Right, like I couldn't be David Lee Roth. No fucking way. Yeah, and I don't even want to meet that guy because he's probably not that great of a dude.
0: We want you on the podcast, Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave shout would be out. amazing. Shout, <laughs> out <laughs> yeah. Lee shout, Lee. shout out David Lee Roth. Please call. Us, oh, man. I would love to talk. To, I
1: would love to talk to him in that in that regard, in that but capacity. But I know yeah, what mean, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't. I I remember even meeting the Atomic Punks, the Van Halen tribute band at uh-huh. the Whiskey. Um, and they put on one hell of a show and we, we left literally with our shirts off. Right. This was like five years ago. We were playing house of blues and sunset mm-hmm. and the next night, <laughs> freaking atomic punks. So I'm like, we're going two guys in the band got tattoos that night. Like it was a legendary Los Angeles night. Yeah. And, but I remember leaving and talking to Ralph who is now the lead singer of, um, what's the name of the, what's the name of that tribute? 80s, uh, freaking hair mockery band. They, the, uh, poison? No, <laughs> that's a real band. Oh. These guys do like uh what is it? I'm Steel pa- they're called Steel Panther.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Steel they're Panther wild. Steel Panther also <laughs> under
1: another name is uh the Atomic Punks. Mm. Oh, I and I they do a tribute they, cuz they can crush anything. Yeah. Um and Ralph is this lead singer of Steel Panther and the Atomic One. He looks like David Lee Roth. Yeah. And he totally acts like him too. He like blew yeah. me off on the like he's loading out drums like with no shirt on, like mm-hmm. after the gig at the whiskey. I'm like, dude, I, you just, great night. He's like, he basically told me to fuck off. Really? And I thought it was great. I was like, yeah. you're still in character. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Oh, <laughs> <made> it <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, you're still Dude, you're character. killing it, You're still killing it. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go. Have a good night. Yeah. I was fine with it. It was all good. That's hysterical. So you know, um, I don't know how we got talking about. I cut
2: you off, so you're going to explain what Ocean State of Mind is. Oh yeah,
0: and Ocean—that's the one with the like when you put people in a maze and have the yeah. So what is that?
1: So all right, um, yeah, yeah. We have there's there's not too many things we haven't done. It's I I limit it to seventy five people, which is like really almost awkwardly intimate. People Mm -hmm. get to it, they're like, whoa, we're on a we're on like a retreat right and but we live in this place in Rhode Island and a lot of the little towns in Rhode Island are just super unique it started with when I when I moved to Rhode Island and I would travel the country and people were like you live where I thought you were a Virginia band Uh I live in Rhode Island I've been there for 20 years like what is that and then they, and then mind, they, they get all dumb. They is get that all in dumb. Canada? They get all dumb and start Rhode being Island. like, "Is that the Hamptons? What is that? Where? How do you?" Oh, f- you're
0: one of them now. What is that? And, and
1: I'm like, it's a crazy, awesome well, place.
2: Family guy, family guy put Rhode Island on the map or something. Quahog, I Yeah. I
1: don't know.
2: Yeah, Family. I everyone
1: watched I it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really okay, something. Always so
2: 75 people. 75 up. people,
1: and I do it for uh, on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to not have any other humanoids in any place that we go Mm -hmm. most and it you know because i'm only looking for 75 people right if if i needed 500 people it'd have to be a weekend Mm -hmm. but i like it that it's it's like we take over a hotel right on the water in this little town in bristol bristol rhode island and everything is just it looks so different unless you live within 30 miles of rhode island it doesn't look like anywhere else in the country it Mm -hmm. really doesn't and if you go there
0: you're gonna what's different about it
1: it's just like the tiny little charming seaport towns that you can walk to everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so unique. And when I moved up there, I'm like, this place is incredible. I, I grew up 10 minutes from the Pentagon and it's like, this is just madness down there. Right. And this is like tranquility and like pride in America for all the right reasons. They have the red, white and blues painted streets. It's the oldest fourth of July parade in the country. It's like 200 and something annual. And, um, Anyway, we hang out in this town, Bristol, we, and we know all the restaurants and bars. We take over these little spots. So you're seeing five or six or seven artists perform in, like, a little restaurant that you would normally see at a Bowery or a city winery. Mm-hmm. And Livingston Taylor's playing this this year. Um, Tony Luca. Um, who else is coming? Um I, I I really do like Anna Rose. I like to keep it as many New England artists as I can because I'm showcasing Rhode Island as a travel destination.
0: Mm, so people travel to it. It's like Yeah, no
1: one really from New England will go. Did you get go. the state okay. to
2: sponsor it or something?
1: No, you know, every year someone's like, why don't you get the state involved? I'm like, it's so under the radar. I, I I try and keep it a little low key. And I think I may move it up to Maine next year. I don't know, but... Because it does get to be a point where you're like, well, what else? How many times will these people come back to see, go on a boat ride with us? But look, this year we're going to play on the boat. And and the corn maze thing was just like, you know, this is a crazy idea. But screw it. Let's do it. And people wrote back and were like, that was the coolest thing I've ever done. Like, I, <laughs> I would have never gone to a stupid corn maze. Yeah. And you brought me there. And then I was walking through, chatting with the musicians. They're playing their big songs while we're walking around. Right. And that's doesn't happen every day. Yeah, kind of will never happen again unless I come back to this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, there's Burning Man, and all that. And I've the never logistics been to
2: these. Sound like a nightmare.
1: <laughs> Dude, the logistics are a lot. Um it's not some big moneymaker for me. It's more of like a passion. Hey, believe in um, what I believe in and, and the artists leave. And they're like, if you know, I had one artist come in and play for 30 minutes and he he sold 47 CDs to 75 people. Yeah, that's insanity.
0: That is. What inspired that idea for you? Like what, 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 what about it is your, like resonates with your belief system? What, what about
1: that? I I just really, I I just really like to see people have a discovery moment Mm -hmm. and be like,
0: Yeah, it goes back to like when you were a kid.
1: Yeah. I want them to be like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. This is such a great place. Look at this view. I I have this drink in my hand. I get this dude playing these songs right here sitting next to me. Mm -hmm. I'm with all my friends who I didn't even know. And now these people come back every year. They've become all really good friends. And that's something really cool that I never thought of. Like I've brought some people together. I have brought musicians together, which I love doing. But I, but I didn't count on like, Oh, I'm, I'm like, this is my new best friend from life. This, Mm -hmm. this, girl helped me get through my cancer three years later Wow! and I would have never met her if, if she didn't come to your festival yeah so that stuff is really something else
0: yeah that's great that's setting up some nice karma for you man
1: I, you know I it's not um it's just it's it's it was really apparent last year down the hatch people were just like you don't understand we're all together because big groups of people get together and they're not clicky they're like sometimes when I'm writing the text for the next year I'm like wow Are people gonna who have never been gonna think this is like some weird cult and not come because like oh these people are all best friends I don't know if I can get in the circle right like no it's
2: a lot of the artists you bring are also good friends of yours I'm just I'm gonna name drop like Stephen Kellogg and Griffin House and Glenn Phillips I keep seeing their names yeah 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 Dan Wilson sure Um, these
1: are guys that I don't. if I don't think that, I mean, it's not like, oh, if I if I can't go get a beer with this person, they can't come. Right. But honestly, it's kind of like that. Like we got to be like.
0: So David Lee Roth is not invited.
1: He's always invited. <laughs> He'd be. I would. Fi- I would be. It'd just be on the list every year. He never shows up. It'd be me and Dave. Just me and you, buddy. I spent all the budget on you. <laughs> there was like
0: a funny thing. Like uh, I saw this thing in a hotel where somebody was like playing like Van Halen like these frat dudes were playing Van Halen in the room and new David, Lee, like current David Lee Roth, like was with the camera crew and they like had caught him knocking on the hotel oh, door like, to like to do the. Hey, it's David Lee Roth. <laughs> and they didn't, and know he was. they didn't know who he was. Oh. <laughs> they, they were like, it was just like, this old dude. <laughs>
2: they should in be a stripped. Kimono.
0: It was pretty in a kimono. Fun- it was pretty funny anyway. Well,
2: he's got a podcast. David's guys yeah, on a podcast? He's got a podcast mm-hmm. and like he's in Japan in a kimono and of course uh, like, is there like uh, yeah it's interesting. subtitles
1: for what the hell's every time he speaks you're and like, he does it with like an ear rewind piece. it
2: it's, it's really unique
0: yeah
1: I caught him on the Joe Rogan podcast me too he was he was out there man he's out he, there he always is yeah you know what it's like it's like uh when you take uh, whatever everything he like did you where did you come up with that shit
0: yeah he's got a brilliant mind
1: he really does and he 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 would have been amazing i mean he was amazing in his time but it, like in the in the mid 1800s he would have been like hey we're going into the woods bring that guy yeah it's gonna entertain the shit out of us yeah and bring the swords too <laughs> <Bring> the swords.
2: <laughs> um i had one question before Um, And again, it's name dropping, but you mentioned all these bands that opened up for you. And Mm -hmm. uh, like the thing I remember most about you guys was the first time I saw you and it was completely randomly at Hammerstein Ballroom 2001 or two, something like that. And Matt Nathanson opened up for you guys. That's right. And that was the first time I saw him. Yeah. And then I became a huge fan of him. But you got... Train and Matt yeah. Nathanson and Howie Day. I'm friends with Matt. And yeah. Yeah, yeah and, he's good. And shout out Matt Nathanson. Shout out Matt yeah. Nathanson. Um, who else is on that list? Like, I'm just curious because it seems like you gave so many artists who then um, went on to become great artists like an opportunity and a chance.
1: Um, I mean we, I don't, there, there was a lot of swapping of, of fan bases um, between us and Sister I hope Hazel. You guys use protection. Hey, <laughs> it's the '90s. Everyone was woke up with a rubber on. I just saw Sister Hazel today. Yeah, I heard they were in town. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, hey, Sister Hazel, um, uh, Guster. Really? Um, you know, we talked about train. I mean, Howie Day, I met when he was a junior in high school, and uh, he ended up
2: and John Mayer, subleasing
1: imagined. our bus from us. Yeah. I mean, um, God, there's just, uh, there's just, do you remember aware records? Remember that being a thing? So aware was a company out of Chicago. They did compilation CDs and it was like a big goal to get on these things because they had their first one had uh matchbox 20 Hootie, Edwin McCain and somebody else that did really well. Um, and they just and that was before they were they had these hits out. Matchbox Twenty was actually, um, yeah, they were under a different name.
2: Uh, Tabitha, Tabitha Secret. Secret, yeah.
1: And um, and they they went on to put out I don't know fifteen or sixteen of these compilations. John Mayer was signed to Aware Records with a Colum- with Columbia. Basically, when Mayer took Aware over to Columbia, they kind of just were like, well, let's just follow this guy. Train also did that. Train was on the same compilation we were on, at with Meet Virginia, but they were only big in San Francisco. Yeah, they had they never left San Francisco for
2: a long time.
1: Literally, they were the first of four out with us, and I, you know, Pat would sitting here. He would agrees like, well, we were at the Double Diamond in Aspen, and they were just over it. They're like, we're done. We're gonna we're breaking up the band. Like, this is ridiculous. We're playing for five people. It's not just the tour. It's just, we're, you know, we'll just be a big San Francisco band. That's it. Like you guys, they had a thing. It was, back then they were really, they were like, that first record had this raw thing about Mm -hmm. it. You know, they've gone on to be like a pop, Sensible band, but yeah,
0: I, I mean I I like their hits. Like I I actually like them. I mean that's kind of a guilty yeah. pleasure. No, it's not cool to say, but, but massive like headlining yeah. Jones Beach. Yeah. Massive, yeah, 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 yeah. Throughout.
2: So the, it's like don't ever give up. That's yeah, no, what we're saying. Throughout the 2000s, they really struggled. So what
0: yeah. happened? What was the turn? Well,
1: I just remember telling them like, you guys, you're you're just basically you're you're too good to bail on this. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that hear even just meet Virginia and go. Dude, who sings that song? Mm-hmm. And I've like I, a lot of bands have come across us. Nobody's ever had a reaction when I play that song for someone. Mm-hmm. Right from the, you know, she doesn't know the dress. They're like they're all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good. It's like yeah, they're they're smart. right in, and and they've managed to, you know, Pat's a smart guy. He's he's kept it going, and and it's funny. I saw all the the, the guys who I knew from Train they just posted a picture of four of them hanging out in Las Vegas four of the original members who are no longer in it for various reasons some of them left it on their own terms so um i don't know if they're forming like another version of train or what but it's uh it's good to see those guys cuz we we played you know the elbow room in in columbia south carolina and and they opened up for us at 328 in nashville and atlanta was the roxy or or the chameleon club or and and um, these were just I don't know we just um, I always felt like it was never a good thing to have an opening band that was not that it was a bummer to if they weren't great you wanted them to be great you know Angie Aparo from Atlanta at all that name it's a great singer songwriter anyway every time we'd have him out it was like he would just crush the room and the band would get fired up to play our own set. Um, and, you know, from those rock boats we would do that, there's a cruise called The Rock Boat. We've done many of them. Um, Matt Nathanson has done those with us. And it's, you know, there's so many people do what they do very well. And that's down the hatch, Ocean State of Mind. I bring these artists in that are like, they do what they do. No one does it better than that. That, like I always like, if if like James Taylor was like, I'm coming to your house for dinner get somebody to come play not yourself like pick somebody like i'd pick anyone from those things and be like play a song you're gonna be blown away right and and whether or not it's full rock show like we'd have to go on after you know cowboy mouth we've done a bunch of touring with um do you you know those guys yeah the drummer Drummer, fred plays up front it's it's just an onslaught of just nobody wants to follow that band because it's like they just mop the floor what
0: happened with train where where what they just had a hit basically like a they, bunch did, they kids. didn't Well yeah, but like
1: I'm just talking about the
0: moment well, meet, they meet go, we'll Virginia. go from like we're gonna give up to like becoming a massive band. What do you remember what happened?
1: Well, they they kept slugging away and they started getting a little bit of love down in Birmingham. Oh, um the Nick. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played there. Yeah, that's right. Um and then they uh there was a radio station. Like radio down there. station, yeah. Reg uh Scott Register. Down in Birmingham, at I forget that radio station, but they were pretty influential mm-hmm. back then. The tripl- some of the AAA radio stations were really crushing. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, um, you got uh, K Fog and KBCO in Colorado uh, and in Denver, and then um, whatever the Birmingham one was, they would they m- meant tickets. They played song. If they played me at Virginia. Mm-hmm. They freaking sell out Five Points Music Hall, right. like crushing the the tune over and over. And I remember they played some sort of. At one point we had the same manager. So um, they had some sort of show in Birmingham that they looked at and were like, it's caught on. There's 10,000 people at the show. We we we're not even signed to Columbia yet. Right. So um So it yeah. just happened that way. It just, it just kept slugging away. I mean, Pat believed in it obviously and the band was great and you know and you know they, they're well deserving of it because you know, like you said they just keep cranking out these hits
0: yeah are you writing songs that you think can be hits
1: I don't I mean what is that anymore I don't know I hope so I mean I I, I have I, I constantly think like oh if I really want to just focus on that I'll hear someone's hit quote mm-hmm. unquote yeah like well I could have wrote that yeah but I I don't ever I'm always writing for myself mm-hmm. so it's not a cop out I mean yeah there needs I think I, I just gotta get in the mindset to be like screw it just sit down for a month and only write for other people and try and craft like something that's like you know perfect pop song per- yeah I guess so but
0: well I mean there's a skill set to that and there is there is formulas to it and there's certain things that the lyrics are allowed to talk about you know like I've listened God. on on yeah. yeah I mean it's 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 not fun. When yeah, do you, stu- you do a lot of that stuff? I don't do a lot of it. I have done it. I, yeah. I like. I, I learned what the formula is, and 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 wrote within those parameters before. Just yeah. Exp- it's you know limitations in art are not always a bad thing. No. And it's like it's like yeah, people are loath to admit that they ever do that kind of thing. But like the Beatles were doing it, and they and like of you, know, you know and they and they. Uh, you know, a lot of their songs fit within those parameters of just like certain like like li- what the lyrical uh, sure. stuff is. I mean, I I usually veer off of it when I do experiment, and I and I definitely don't do that. You know, often it's mm-hmm. m- usually I just write from I let songs just happen, and sure, because I, I want I feel like if I enjoy it, that's when it's something really good is going to happen, and and my yeah. most popular songs are ones that come from more of an unconscious place yeah but yeah i've i've experienced i've experimented with it before i was just wondering if you are
1: you you planning on doing another uh like full length record yeah
0: my my full length comes out october 11th oh nice (laughs) yeah back camera (laughs) october 11th yeah it's called comeback world yeah
2: and the songs the songs for that came from what from where we're in the, ri- in the writing process. Now I'm just
0: curious. <laughs> um, Since
2: he asked about it. No, I'm serious. Well, that
0: yeah. ca- that came from yeah, like f- from a lot of rebuilding my life over the last three years. So I think that record. But I'm also in a band with Peter Buck called Arthur Buck.
1: Oh wow, cool. Yeah,
0: and we're putting out our second record after the solo record, and that's more of a rock and roll. Like when you were saying, you had a yeah. more of a rock and roll project. I I have that too. Oh, that's it's cool. Like, it's a rock and roll band. It's a rock and roll record we made.
1: Do you? Did you guys meet down in, in Georgia?
0: He started coming to see me play in Seattle when I was like f- touring, come to where I'm from, oh, uh, gotcha. and he caught wind of it. I think through T Bone Burnett, okay. and then I opened up for REM uh, in Europe. Oh about wow! Like Ten or fifteen shows or something Sh- like that. Shit yeah! Yeah, playing arenas. Oh my god! By myself. Solo. Solo. Yeah. And, uh, and, and similar, they didn't have me come on in the middle of their set and do my best song, but, <laughs> <laughs> but to their credit, Michael Stipe came out and introduced me and then Peter Buck played like the last song with me every, well, that's, every yeah. night, which yeah. is the, equi- that's which the equivalent is, in equi- R.E.M. Sure. It's the equivalent in R.E.M. World. Did, and, did and you
2: play with them during their set.
0: And then I did. Yeah. I actually did come out and jam on their last, it was more like the weight. Not really. It was like a couple of their songs. I played guitar. <sighs> but uh yeah Murmur changed my life like yeah that, that record no they're they're one of my favorite bands so it's interesting being in a band with him you know oh my god yeah writing cause I he writes all the music like in terms of like the chords and sure. the riffs and then I just write top line over it oh wow so it's like it's a chance for me to get out of singer songwriter oh cool which is fun
1: very cool you know but alright yeah. well we gotta find somebody like a buck what are we gonna get yeah third guitar player for Johnny, 38 special. Johnny Marr. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Marr. <laughs> <The> th-
0: <laughs>
1: Whoever we can get, man, whoever's out there.
0: Yeah, 38 special's a good idea.
1: Yeah, you know, 38 with Molly Hatchet. Whatever
0: happened to them?
1: Dude, hold they're on just, loosely.
0: Do they're just being legends.
1: Dude, they're still on. Well, we did the Skinnerd cruise. Mm-hmm. It's the only cruise I've ever been flicked off from the front row for Disap- disappointment in our set nice dude stood there in his jorts and his. it's like uh, winning a
0: grammy really yeah
1: i mean i i he literally i'm like i was impressed he could hold his both his middle fingers up for an entire song of ours oh, our really? songs get long like let's just keep wow. playing it fuck it nine minutes long how long can you hold your freaking you arms done a up
0: dylan and been like i don't believe you <laughs> we went
1: on after molly hatchet there was no freaking way we were going to compete with this shit and it was yeah we what tried to were you be a, doing s- on a Skinner Skinner, well you know they just like well they're from Virginia they're like sort of Southern Rocky I'm like well, I love the Allman Brothers but we don't sound like them mm-hmm. and um, yeah we we were thrown to the wolves literally like just rough but 38 Special was on that boat oh really so they're still they're still doing killing it. it I think they just like merged Skinnerd and 38 are th- I think they're the same band they just play oh, different yeah. songs
0: they just put on different different yeah, shirts diff- different scarves
1: different <laughs> leather vests i think it's still it's still steel panther
2: as, as uh, yeah.
1: 38. she's uh, they could do everything i mean tell me about
0: empire guitars
1: oh yeah it's a killer guitar shop in rhode island
0: oh yeah it's legit is it <sighs> yeah it's just what kind of guitar do you play
1: uh i've been playing a les paul for the last you know well, I've had it for a while, but I don't always play it. I've been playing a Strat. Strat's like my go-to oh, yeah? comfort zone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Tele that I love. Um,
0: I just got the new Fender Acoustasonic.
1: I played that. It's cool, man. How
0: great is it? I got two of them. I'm, 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 that's what I'm going to take on my next tour. I'm just going to just use those.
1: You know, it's I love m- it. super comfortable.
0: It's because it's like acu- cause ac- I'm doing solo and I do yeah. looping and stuff, so it's like it has a great acoustic thump. Somebody I can, was just I, can, I can hit to the uh, back pickup and yeah, it's electric. Yeah. It's just it's brilliant.
1: They're cool. They're cool. I, yeah. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna see a lot more people playing those things. I, I, somebody, somebody huge was playing it recently. I was like, oh look at that. All right, cool.
0: I think Jack White's been playing it. Oh, he has. I think so. That's what somebody wow. told me. I don't know. All I, right,
1: I, uh, but yeah, acoustics. I play old Gibsons and yeah. I, I fell in love with. There's a dude I forget his name in New York that supplies like all the cool old shit to the studios back when Avatar was thriving. And, uh, he brought by a, a 1940s J 45. And I was like, Oh, this is like, this, this is, is th- where it should be at. Yeah. So
0: you into, you into Keith Richards, like more of a Keith Richards. Well, he played acoustic, right? The, the Gibson. Acoustic.
1: Yeah. I just, I, the, when I, when I heard that Gibson, it sounded so different than anything that I'd, that I'd ever touched. And, and, uh, I was like, oh, they don't all have to be like pristine, handmade, like glistening guitars. Mm. They can just sound like a Stones record. Yeah, It'd just be, you know, like sound like every guitar I heard growing up. Like, yeah. oh, there it is, right there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I've always been on the quest to find another one of those. But I got two that I love, and that's that's enough. It's that's more it. th- more than you need.
0: Yeah, and then you got a whole uh, van full of a bunch of other guitars. <laughs> no, so, those are all there. They're up. Do upstairs. you know
1: John Alasia? Uh John Alasia's uh, borderline stalked him all through high school.
0: Shout out John Alasia. I love John.
1: Did John do this
0: podcast? He should. We should get John for sure. Yeah. He uh, produced one of my records.
1: He did? Yeah. Called oh, graduation,
0: did graduation Ceremony. ceremony. And uh, Did yeah. he mention
1: he recorded my bar um, audition tape, Sympathy for the Devil? Uh, no not me and Julio Evil Ways By uh, Santana
0: Okay well when you play My Kitchen Can you do Evil
1: Ways then? Evil Ways Oh if yeah We're not going to do <laughs> f- For several hours yeah. <laughs> That ending can go on forever
2: What was your co- John really recorded John
1: John, and uh, Doug Derryberry Had a band called Derryberry and Alasia So I, I did also did a record With Doug Derryberry In Brooklyn I don't know if you know Doug
0: It would have gone I think it would have been better If they called it Alasia and Derryberry Alasia but. and Derryberry <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Well talk to John about that He, he loathes Just that an band opinion
1: they were a huge band, and they they were going to be like uh, the next Simon and Garfunkel, and John heard Dave Matthews, and he literally was like, I'm never playing music again. I'm just going to, I'm producing only for now on. And you can't even get him to strum a single Dairy Bear and Malaysia song, and they had great songs. Really? But he, he can't. Dave Matthews made him quit. He said, I'm never, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. I'm done. And they were like, wow! They were very influential on me as a, an acoustic guitar player, because John, had this way of playing and singing, that was very unique. They used to play this bar called Dylan's Cafe in Georgetown, mm-hmm. and we would go and see them every Sunday night.
0: Yeah, oh, that's cool. Oh,
1: I was obsessed, obsessed. I saw him. We ran into him in Nashville at some bar. You he should work with him. I, like I know. We talked about doing some stuff. He he taught me what it's like to. Um, Ask a producer to do to produce your record because I asked him to do my first record because he was the guy in Virginia mm-hmm. um, he was doing all sorts of the the bigger bands and I had written one song but hadn't finished the lyrics and the other song had no lyrics mm-hmm. to this day the first two songs I've written are my most famous songs from the fans hmm these two songs I said that to discouraging yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think about that. Yeah, Sheryl Crow, Crow was on uh, Today Show today. And they are like, I saw her look on her face when they are like, they voted, like, what song? She played a bunch of the new stuff of the new compilation. Yeah. And then. Um,
0: and they did a vote. What song do you they like They did a the vote. Best? What
1: song do you want? And they're like, all oh. I want to do. Her face literally was like. <laughs> all I want to do. <laughs> 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 she just wanted to just kill. The whole band was like.
0: I want to kill you. <laughs>
3: <on> <laughs> <laughs>
0: this ain't no
1: DJ. Like, oh, God. Really, you guys? Yeah. So I could. I'm like, oh, that's not for first record. But g- hey, that record, I get it. Yeah. So anyway, I sent those two songs to Elasia, mm-hmm. and he wrote back to me. He was like, "All right, uh, so this was record was supposed to be made in like three weeks from this point." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Well, were there other seven songs, and there's no singing on this? I was literally too embarrassed to send him my hummings, my idea. Uh-huh. I I didn't really." know what to d- when he's i didn't even know i had to send him anything mm-hmm. i thought he was just going to meet me at the studio and press record i didn't even <laughs> i didn't know what his role was right so when he said i have to be honest with you i can't produce a record i don't know the music right I'm like well, what do you mean why do you got to know the music i'm the one that writes the music <laughs> and he goes l- dude l- i just i wish you luck go for it make your record but i can't produce it huh i'm like okay so i booked a different studio recorded the record and, and so go, it goes but um then w- i went on to re- be you know work with jerry harrison and when jerry was like "Oh, that's
0: great from the talking heads yeah
1: we did our first record when when i turned down lily white mm-hmm. and went with warner we got jerry harrison and yeah. which was funny because jerry turned down dave matthews to do his first record and he was jerry told me he's like lily white got that record i was pissed yeah after the fact because he did uh uh, crash test dummies before that or whatever mm. and he's and they were sort of the equivalent thing to the new Dave Math. you know like Do you ever that,
2: reach out to Lily White again? Oh no. yeah
1: we, no uh, Steve's been amazing over the years the last record I did with all those legendary players from Los Angeles
2: yeah, telling Joe about that That was
1: like a dream project and Steve was the one that turned me on to the studio and just the whole like I sent on the record he, tell, he
2: tell the whole story what studio who was on So
1: Basically, I got, uh, you know, reintroduced to vinyl and started playing all the records that I grew up loving as a kid and was holding. And so I was obsessed with listening to vinyl for like three or four months. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is the music that I love. These are the deep cuts, they're not the hits. I'm going to write a record like this. This is, you know, Jackson Brown, you know, and James Taylor, Bonnie Raitt, Linda Ronstadt. And I'm looking at these. these albums artifacts yeah I'm looking at the 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 musicians it's all the same five people on these Mm. records and I had forgotten that I'm like oh yeah there's these guys they played on all this stuff and I'm like well if I could just get the drummer to sound like this drummer Mm -hmm. then the music will sound like this music right and I'm not like trying to write that music it's just at the core of who I am, if you're like, Hey, write a song right now, it's going to sound like my last record. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what I was influenced by. Yeah. Um, and so I, long story short, I, I somehow got the number, the email for the, for Russ Kunkel, who is the drummer, this legendary guy mm. wrote him a, an email. It went into his junk. No, I, he responded. It went into my junk mail, his response. I never saw the response, assumed that what I was gonna get was him blowing me off, and that's not the case. He wanted to do the record, and um, I had moved into a different direction and called Sean Pelton in New York to do a a record here. And at the time, I got in touch with Leland Sklar, Mm -hmm, the the bassist, bassist. and he was willing to, he's like, oh, I wanna come play with Sean, that sounds like a great idea in New York. He goes. I'm still playing with uh, Waddy Wachtel. Wow. Uh, do you want him to come too? Like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, I want him to come. Nah, leave
0: Waddy. Leave yeah. Waddy home. Yeah, like you We don't me? need Waddy.
1: So <laughs> they only travel together those yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, fuck. Yeah, he's gonna come. So he says yes. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta bring him. <laughs> yeah. And this, uh, you know, the glue that held the whole thing, honestly, this guy Jeff Pivar, who's plays with David Crosby right now, um, he's just this accomplished guitar player that not a ton of people know him by name um at to the level of sklar or, or Wadi, but mm. but he's incredible and he was he was in ray charles orchestra he played with joe cocker um who has he been with um he was at just out with Bette midler but he was in a band called cpr which is crosby pivar raymond raymond is is what's that mark cone mark cone he sees just this guy. I We're mean, gonna
2: have Mark on the podcast hopefully oh, this yeah. Month. yeah. Shout out Mark Cohn.
1: Yeah, Mark Cohn. Oh, he's amazing. But um P-bar was, you know, the glue that connected us all and he goes, Hey man, I, I played on a James Taylor record with, with Leland and, and Russ. Well Russ will do it. Just find him and when I found him. He said, oh, you know, I thought you didn't want me on your record. Like, uh, I, you're the only one I wanted on the record. I was. These other guys are all now here at this party. I really just wanted you to come. Yeah. And and then they all said yes. And That's Along with uh, Danny Korchmar and Paul Barrera from Little Feet. And, um, it just became this just.
0: So you manifested it.
1: It just, I couldn't believe what. And people are just like, what's the worst they're going to say? No. Like, who cares? Just yeah. keep asking them.
0: That's the thing, man. Legends are just people they're just people
1: and they love to play music man yeah and they were super stoked we went into the studio that lily white said i just did this record with this uh south american singer songwriter, who i forget his name but he was so good and he said man it's like he's like the south american cat stevens and
0: julio iglesias no
1: not as popular <laughs> not as popular very cool artist <laughs> julio no but um, Shout out Julio. Shout guys, out Julio. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have him on the podcast this month. <laughs> uh, give him my best. <laughs> give him my best. <laughs> what was One? the name of that studio?
2: Uh,
1: it's called, the. Pro- it used to be called the Producers Workshop mm-hmm. back in the day. And it was um, where Pink Floyd did the wall. Nice. Uh, Ray Charles did some stuff in there. John Lennon did some stuff in there. It looks like nothing. It looks like they haven't dusted and. It's only one, one little small room mm. um, with a little ISO booth for me to sit in. Um,
0: What's that record
1: called? It's, called? it's just called Pat McGee. Okay. And I went out there. We recorded it all to two inch tape live, no rehearsal. They didn't listen to the music that I sent them. I showed them the song one time. They said, mm-hmm. press record. And so and what you it. hear on that vinyl and that record that I put out is the same shit I heard in my ears the very first time we played it, because mm. that's the take yeah and i don't even know like i'm thinking oh i want this one to feel like you know an old robert palmer song or or a little feet thing and they're like don't say that don't tell these guys anything just right. just play the song and whatever their instinct is if you don't like it then we can fix it yeah and it mm-hmm. always exceeded what i thought it could be right and i'm like i'm witnessing it's like. Listening to these '70s records and going, how do they do that guitar solo? Or how do they come up with that bass part? Like, yeah. well, they just do it. Right. It just it just comes out of these like humans breathing. Like, yeah, it's one take. It just happens in one time. Yeah. I mean, Wadi's solos are like. I got one that I filmed. Like, I'm literally like walk, watching the Hotel California solo. Like, that's he just plays it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And why does if if someone else played that, it's nowhere near as cool. Right. But he just comes out. Of, he, and he's like Les Paul into amp, no tuner no nothing no Re- pedals right turn up the little tiny amp and just go
2: incredible it, it reminds me of a story you told me exactly that when Keltner put the drums on the graduation ceremony uh-huh. album you said he just like he was just like floating and like
0: <coughs> yeah I mean like watching because I've Keltner, Keltner played, played with Jim record? Keltner yeah he he played the drums on graduation ceremony oh. I've, he's been on a few of my records he's incredible Shout out! I love Jim Keltner yeah he's he's uh a legend and just a great human being yeah. you know but when you watch him play drums it's like this drum orchestra is happening and, and it's it's wonderful and then you like look it into the room where he's playing and it's like some guy just be, like just being super mellow like oh like holding a stick between his arm and like you know <laughs> then like this and then <laughs> yeah. up. it's just wild it's wild yeah. it's like so natural it's just uh there's well, no it's effortless. What I love is like the, what you're saying. The thing yeah. when
1: I talked to Russ Kunkel and I got him on the phone, t- 2 hours we spoke. He's like, "I'm driving down to San Diego from LA, let's let's chat about, you know, the record." We talked about music, drum the, the word drums perform none of that ever came up. Right. He just wanted to talk about songs, me as a person, what I'm trying to do for music. What's your motivation is And what's the song about? What's what's each tell me about these songs. What are they about? Mhm. And that's all he wanted to know. And he goes, all right, cool. Let's do it. And at first we were going to Dave's studio, uh, Dave Matthews in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. But then the travel got weird and we're like, let's just do it in L.A. You guys all live there. I'll come out there. And it worked out great. We rented a house on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And that was the best part because they stayed at the house. So, like, they wanted to work. uh, And back when I would make records with the band for, you know, with Warner and all that, we get to the studio at 10 a.m. We're like, so we go to, like, midnight. Yeah. And they're like, we'll see you at noon. We're done at five. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We had four songs mm-hmm. in five hours with, and and we took a lunch break. Yeah. Because uh, it was only two takes per song. So I'm like, this is incredible. And we, I brought an organ player with us. So we had organ, drums, bass, two guitars. And they, and when Waddy would just, like, as they're counting the song in, be like, telly instead of Les Paul, quick. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. then, and then come right into a riff. like, And then... Jeff Pivar would see that, and he would grab his lap steel, and and that was that. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: Wow, that sounds wonderful. It was just like I'm gonna. I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, that
1: record is. I'm really That's proud of that record. Just Pat McGee. It's just Pat McGee, and it's everything was just you know, in comparison to the one we just did, the reunion record, um, which was, I haven't done a record where I was the only guitar player since my first record in mm-hmm. 1994, so. Literally 25 years where Mm -hmm. I just was like, well, I'll play acoustic always and some electric. But this is the only time I've ever been like, I'm just going to put all the guitar parts on yeah, because I hear them in my head the way I heard them back in 94. And it was really fun. And and those guys definitely inspired me watching them do what they do. Yeah. And being musical and creating these other like riffs. And not
0: being precious.
1: No, no. You know? And... It's. I want to go more in that direction. Yeah, me too. You know, that's, you know, um, it, it, just seeing that Lucas Nelson show is inspiring to me. Right. I mean, Lucas can afford to just be Lucas. Yeah. Um, but I think that's all he would do anyway. It's not like he's like fighting the urge to be a pop star. Yeah. I think it's just, that's just him. So, yeah. Um, I think
0: the same can be said for you.
1: Well, I hope so. Yeah. I, I'm excited for this next one. I did the, the new one. I'm going to literally finally get the cd in my hand tomorrow they finally printed them um but um i'm already ready to make the next record yeah it's like when people finish movies i guess and they're like
0: yeah that's oh, wonderful we well out? yeah let's wrap it up anyway yeah. it's time okay it's all good when
2: is pat, out? When thank, is album thank you for doing out, this
1: cut? album comes out uh, early 2020 uh it's just going to be called pat mcgee band sugar packet Sugar Sugar Packet. Sugar Packet. And
0: give uh, everybody, like, how do they find you on the Internet?
1: PatMcGee.net. We're working on a brand-new website. And, you know, Facebook, Pat McGee Band. Twitter, at Pat McGee, I guess. I don't know. Just find me out there. I'm the dude that's responding to you. So send me a note. There you go. Thank you, Pat. Come to see me in the Outer Banks. We've got to get you down there, man. I would love it. That would be fantastic. Come do this there.
0: I would. Yeah. We talked about it. Let's do that. We're getting arrested. We got to go. All right. We are literally (laughs) getting arrested. Turn the camera on. Okay, man. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From.